Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man whose favorite college football team has two quarterbacks. Therefore, they have none. Brandon Siegel, how you doing? Look, I'm I'm doing I'm doing well overall. All right, but uh, when that happened, I was like, Jimmy, what are we doing? All right, and here's the crazy thing: is out of the two QBs they have, McCarthy and uh, McNamara, uh, you know the the two M's, if I will. Uh, one of them is a lot better. McNamara is not as good as J.J. McCarthy at all. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is this wonderful dual-threat quarterback. Uh, McCarthy somehow brought them to win as many games as they won last year, but he's not a good quarterback. And I just, like, it upsets me that they're starting to, but whatever. Look, we they, they won 51 to, like, 7 or something, so, you know, maybe I'm the crazy one. And McCarthy looked better in this game, too, and supposedly he's starting the next game. They were both given one game to start. I don't know, it's such a weird situation over there in Ann Arbor. I don't, we don't even need to get into it, Trevor, but um, sad that we were without our uh, third member of the podcast, Ben O'Brien. He is he is out um, for today, uh, which is all right. I'm actually drafting for him tonight on uh, his fantasy football draft, so wish me luck, Trevor. Well, actually, I, I don't know if I need luck. I got the fantasy football stuff down pat, uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes uh, tonight. But I think we have a, a very entertaining episode today as, Trevor, this is one of the biggest sports weeks we've had in probably months wouldn't you say uh it was yeah it seemed like every day we got new news about something else and it was like uh because we because we already had plans of like things we were going to put in this episode and then like oh like Donovan mitchell trade oh college football playoff expansion it's like okay all right everything wants to happen at once yeah and just like i mean so much happened in like a two-day period and it was like, hold on, can we, st-? and like for us, I'm like, spread it out a little bit, you know? Like, I, we, we want to talk about some of this next week. Uh, yeah. But nevertheless, and next week, Trevor, we have the NFL starting. And college football started this weekend. It just like so much happened. So let's let's get right into it. We're going to start in the NBA where the Cavs acquired Donovan Mitchell. Uh, this was a really, really big deal, big trade. The Cavs sent Lori Markkinen, Ochai Ajabi, I think I pronounced that right. Agbaji. Uh, Colin Sexton. Okay, Colin Sexton, three first-round picks and two pick swaps. For Mitchell, um, and honestly, Trevor, I, I've been super excited to hear your thoughts. Um, I, you know about what you think. You obviously are the NBA guy, the the guru, uh, if I will. And so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Um, I, I'm gonna go after you because I might change my opinion if you're like this trade's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with the Cavs. For the Cavs, they get Donovan Mitchell. Um, and they give up, like you said, Lori Markkinen, Agbaji, which was their first-round pick of this year's draft. So it's essentially like they give, give up four first-round picks, two swaps, and then Colin Sexton. Um, now, Colin Sexton is a player that I've always liked. We both have liked him since really his senior year of high school coming into Alabama. We really like Colin Sexton. I still really like him as an NBA player. It seemed like the Cavs maybe didn't like him quite as much. They didn't really love the fit with Garland. Um, necessarily, even though I don't really feel like we got a full opportunity to really see them play together with this team. Again, Sexton was hurt for a lot of last year, so I don't think they really had a fair shot to all play together and see how it worked out. I still think it could have been pretty good, but nevertheless, um, you know, there was kind of like a just a sense of like, you know, we want to move on from Colin Sexton, uh, you know, to kind of, I guess, pave the way for Garland to, I guess, play at his play this full potential which you know fair enough but getting another player who I really like Donovan Mitchell who to me is one of the best you know 12 to 15 players in the NBA he's already shown a lot of playoff success with the Utah Jazz I mean you go back to the the one playoff series two years ago against the Denver Nuggets when I think he scored 57 points in one game I think he averaged around 35 36 points in that series uh you know I think his rookie year he had a very good performance against the OKC Thunder back in 2017. So he's had a lot of success um, in the regular season. Like I think he's made um, an All NBA team. He's been a you know multiple time All Star now, and he's had the playoff success. So he's really shown it, um, you know, in the playoffs, which is great. And adding that to um, a young Cleveland team who hasn't yet reached the playoffs yet, but they were primed to before the Jared Allen uh, injury happened, and now. You look at this team, how it's constructed with uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. Darius Garland being a little bit more of a facilitator there. Um, He can play on the ball, but Darius Garland can also play off the ball. He can. Uh, Donovan Mitchell with Utah, very pretty pretty ball-dominant guard with the Jazz. 
not necessarily known for his facilitating as much, known more for his scoring. So I think this is something that offensively could work very well because Garland um, really showed this past year that he can put his teammates in a lot of good positions to succeed. And then you have, uh, in the front court, you have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, two great defenders um, behind this backcourt that you look at one of the weaknesses. I mean, the defense for this backcourt is one of the main worries here. Garland and uh, Mitchell are relatively undersized for guards compared to, you know, some of the better teams, some of the contenders um, in the NBA, especially like the Eastern Conference. You look like the Boston Celtics. They're undersized compared to a team like that. But having that front court of Jared Allen Mobley and the defensive presence they have, I think really helps balance it out. Like if Donovan Mitchell would have went to the Knicks, I feel like that wouldn't have been necessarily a great fit for Mitchell and the Knicks just in general. I like the fit here with the Cavs a lot better, and I think this really improves the Cavs a lot. I mean, they have, you know, other young players as well, um, you know, on their roster that, you know, you would hope if you're a Cavs fan, continue to improve. Um, but I think this is a Cavs team who would have been a five or a six seed if Mobley had, if uh, Jared Allen hadn't gotten injured. And this year coming in, I know the East got better, but I do see this Cavs team as being like a top five, top six team this season. And that's just the beginning because Evan Mobley is going into his third season. He's going to continue to get better. Um, and Donovan Mitchell is still young as well. So the ceiling of this team, I think, could be a championship team. I think it's very possible. I think what you're betting on is you're betting on the fact that Evan Mobley will become like a top 10, top 15 player, right? Because is Donovan Mitchell um, like one of these guys who can really lead a team as this, you know, the superstar in a team like a Steph Curry or a LeBron or a Kevin Durant, you know, or even like a Giannis? I don't think so. But if you put him in a situation where he has other stars with him that fits in a role, like you add him with Darius Garland, Mobley, Jared Allen, it could work out. So I really love this deal for the Cavs. I think it's a really good fit. Um, overall, again, the defensive backcourt would be my worry. But I do think Donovan Mitchell could really improve on the defense if he buys in, if he you know gives more effort. And, you know, you don't have to rely on Donovan Mitchell quite as much on offense, in my opinion, as you do in Utah, because Darius Garland has already shown a lot of capabilities there. So I love it for the Cavs. Um, for the Jazz, I think it's interesting because now you look at all of the assets they've gotten with uh, losing Gobert and Mitchell, and they've stacked up a lot of picks. They've stacked up quite a lot of picks. Uh, they got Colin Sexton for on a four-year, $72 million signed trade deal. They can either keep Sexton or they can, you know, come into the season, Sexton can play really well, you know, average 24-25 again. And then if they want, they can trade Sexton for more assets. They can get him for another first-round pick or two, something like that. They can continue to stack up these picks. And that's kind of the way that Danny Ainge did it in the past with the Celtics at the end of the KG Pierce era. That's how we've seen Presti doing it currently with the Thunder. That's how we saw the Philadelphia 76ers do it before they got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And it's been proven to be a pretty good strategy. I mean, the Celtics just almost won the championship this year. So I think Utah, they're playing the long game. I like what they're doing. And I already mentioned how I love it for the Cavs. So I think this is good for both teams, Brandon. So it's interesting. When this trade happened, I thought the same thing. I was like, this seems like a winning trade, just collectively. Like I feel like everyone won. Sexton goes to a place he's actually going to play. He gets a new deal. I felt like the compensation was decent. Um, and made sense. Like, I don't think they gave up too much, but they also gave up enough where, like, it felt reasonable uh, for the level of play that Donovan Mitchell is at. Um, and I feel like this trade made the Cavs better. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I feel like the Cavs have advanced themselves and put them in a better spot to win. Their starting five now is nasty, Trevor. I mean, nasty starting five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it I, looks really good. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look great. I mean, with, uh, you know, him... Allen, Mobley, Lavert, and Garland. I mean, that's a that's a killer starting five. Um, here's the one thing I wanted to talk about: the Knicks. Did you see what the Knicks offered? Yeah. So I saw. I I believe. Do you have it in front of you? Um, I can bring it up. I can bring it up. Give me one second. I'll, I'll bring it up. But it, it to me that trade was amazing. Like yeah, really, so... really good. Yeah, so if you, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it would it included RJ. Um, I think it included Quentin Grimes, and I want to say two first round picks, um, and maybe a couple pick swaps. 
which is interesting because I think the only part that you can criticize here for Utah, um, I guess to kind of, while you're pulling up that, that offer, mm-hmm. to kind of counteract what I said with the Utah thing is like, the Cavs now we think will be good for a while. So these picks that Utah got from Cleveland probably won't be great picks, whereas with New York, maybe you have less trust, or at least I'll say for myself, I have less trust in the Knicks being good than the Cavs. So those picks might end up being uh, much better for the Knicks. And then also, so, yeah, go ahead. So I was going to say that that trade they offered, then they offered another one in July, which I like even. This is the one I was talking about that I liked a lot. It's Barrett, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson via sign and trade for three unprotected first round picks and three underprotected first round picks for Mitchell. Which that one to me, oh, I'm wow. like, why would you not do that? Yeah, that one. Uh, that one is definitely <laughs> that one's definitely better than the Cavs offer. Um, That's if, what I was saying. Is I was like, yeah. I'm so surprised. And to me, it seems like they value the picks and like the pick swaps more than the players that were offered. Um, and like, not that the Cavs didn't offer like horrendous players. Like I, I like marketing. Um, you know, he, he just gets hurt a little bit. Sexton, I like, um, and you know, the rookie, I mean, who knows? He's a three and D ring wing. So we'll have to see, but it seems like they wanted young talent. Um, and those picks, that was a really, really big deal for them. So uh, maybe if the, the Knicks offered like another trade or two, like a pick swap of some sort, they would have done it. But I don't know. The Knicks trade was so good to me. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like you guys could be decent right now with that trade. Yeah. I mean, if that was the offer, if that was actually a real offer that was offered to the Jazz, I'm not sure why they didn't just take that one. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't really make a ton of sense to me because again, I think the Knicks picks are going to be better than the Cavs. And then I think, uh, as far as the players go, I, I do think... So RJ and Collins, an interesting uh, comparison, because I think, currently, I think they're very comparable in terms of caliber players. Overall, I think I like RJ ceiling more still, just because of the two-way ability. I like, again, I think defensively, he's already shown that he can be a pretty good defensive player, so I think I like RJ ceiling better. And then getting Obi as well is definitely a better asset than Lori or Ochai, in my opinion. Yeah. And then Mitchell Robinson, I mean, you know, he's a he's a decent center. Um, so yeah, I mean the next that next deal that you mentioned is definitely better than the Cavs one. Yeah, I like couldn't believe when I read that. I was like, hold on, they accepted the Cavs deal? It just seems like I, I feel like uh who's who's the Cavs DM? I'm forgetting Kobe Co- Altman. Kobe Altman. Yeah. Um Kobe Altman's now done a couple trades. Uh, one for Jared Allen in this one here where I feel like he just took advantage of situations that were presented to him. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a sign of a really good GM. I, I feel like I have way, like I just think very highly of him uh, because of the way he was able to do these trades that put the Cavs like really on the map. Um, and, you know, now they have Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. Uh, they got Jared Allen for basically nothing. Um, drafting Mobley and, and uh and Garland has been just amazing. I mean, the Cavs are going to be a really, seriously, very, very good team, Trevor. Really, really great team. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you look through the East quickly, and then we'll move on because we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. But you look through the East, I think the top two teams that most people would agree on are the Bucks and the Celtics. I think those are the top two. And then you have the Sixers, the Heat, and the Nets, depending on you know what happens there. And then the Cavs would be that sixth team. Although you can argue that the Cavs might end up being better, at least in the regular season, than the Nets or even my favorite team, the Miami Heat. It's it's possible. Um, or even Philly, frankly, uh, depending on, again, like James Harden's had injury history. So you can argue that in the regular season that the Cavs could actually finish better than one or two of those teams. They could finish with a home playoff series. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs were the four seed or something and they had a home playoff series. Um, again, they're very young, so... Typically, teams like this, I, they do have Donovan Mitchell, but in general, they're young. So, you know, even if they get a four, they get a four seed, maybe they lose in the first round. But the future is really what I'm looking for, like the next two, three, four years. Um, that I think they could be a really good team, and I think they could turn into a contender. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the Cavs are going to have a great season ahead of them. But like you said, we have way too much to talk about, so let's keep this moving a little bit. Um, let's start with college football. We had a couple interesting games. Of course, we have to start off uh, with the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, um, which I'm attempting to find the score. Here it is, 21-10, Ohio State won. They were like, Ohio State was like minus 17 and a half, which I thought that was just insane. Uh, I, I can't even believe that was 
the line for a two versus five. And don't get me wrong, I think Notre Dame's probably a little bit overrated, but that still seems just like insanely high considering the game. I mean, it was in Ohio State, uh, which is obviously a big deal, but that is just nuts to me. Um, so 21-10, Trevor. Uh, I unfortunately didn't get to catch much of this game at all, uh, but what did you think from this game? Yeah, so for me, I mean, this was very low scoring throughout. Obviously, the final score you know, reflected that. And Notre Dame, really, it seemed pretty clear that their game plan was like, all right, we're going to you know, try to keep everything in front of us. We're going to try to force C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, you know, throw throw the short pass, throw all the short passes you want. We're going to defend against anything deep. We're going to keep everything in front of us. We don't need to necessarily, uh, you know, rush as many guys. And um, it, it ended up being a, a very good game plan. They mentioned on the broadcast, I think, I think uh, Herb Street might have mentioned this, that it, it almost reminded him of, like, the Bengals game plan they had against the Chiefs last year where they were trying to do the same thing, like, you know, force Mahomes to throw these short passes. Obviously, you don't want him just to throw these bombs to Tyreek or, you know, these long passes to Travis Kelsey. So I think that Notre Dame did a very good job in their game plan of doing that. Um, at the end of the day, though, the talent kind of won out. Ohio State, obviously, coming in, we knew they were a much more talented team. And you started to see that, you know, near the end. Uh, they started to put together a couple really good drives. Uh, C.J. Stroud had a couple plays, um, I think, like, late third, early fourth quarter, um, where he was extending plays. There was one that I remember a third, a critical third down. He got rushed by uh, the Notre Dame front seven. He kind of spun out, went to the left, and completed another little, little pass on the sideline. I believe it was to uh, Mayan Williams uh, for a little first down conversion. And then he continued to put together a good drive there. They went up 14-10. And then um, at that point, you know, Notre Dame was having trouble moving the ball, obviously. Again, like Ohio State's front seven kind of overwhelmed, I think, uh, the Notre Dame offensive line. Again, just just too talented, too much athleticism. And that's ultimately the story here. Like, I'm, I'm impressed by what Notre Dame was able to do last night, but at the end of the day, Ohio State was the better team. Yeah, and I think this year, like, I feel like in some past years, we've, we've had some teams that, like, at the top are like, ah, oh, there's really not any, like, amazing, amazing teams. This year, it seems like Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia are going to destroy everyone. And, I mean, that kind of leads me. We see Georgia. Georgia played number 11 team, Oregon, won 49-3. I mean, that game wasn't even a little bit close. Uh, Georgia has guys all over the field that I'm like, these guys could be in the NFL today. Um, and it just seems like, to me, we are super top-heavy uh, currently in, in college football. Uh, Trevor, we had some other interesting games this week. Let's let's talk a little bit uh, about your Mountaineers, if you'd like to. Um, did you catch that game? Did you watch it? I was watching a little bit of it. Obviously, that was uh, was a th- was that was Thursday, right? So we had Big Brother. Um, yes. But yeah, I did watch some of it. Um, it was interesting. I was I was glad that they made it close. But again, it's it's Pittsburgh. It's a huge rival. You want to win the game. You never want to lose to to a rival like Pittsburgh. Uh, and then being ranked 17th in the country, like coming in the season, I didn't have a lot of faith in West Virginia. I was like, I, I don't feel great about them. So the fact that they did keep it, you know, a touchdown game, 38-31, I was at least like, I, was, I wasn't I was like super upset because my expectations were that they were going to lose the game. You know, I, I did think they were going to lose the game. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not incredibly uh, upset about the result. Um, you know, and there was some good showing, like the wide receiver, uh, Ford Wheaton had, uh, two touchdowns, 97 yards. Like he looks like he's really good. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was solid, but at the end of the day, obviously you want, you want to win the game. Yeah. Any, any other big college football games that you'd like to mention before? Cause we, we do have other college football news that is definitely big that we want to hit on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So two more, uh, we have the Utah Florida game. Florida was unranked and, and Florida yeah. looks looks pretty solid. They beat number seven Utah 29 Very solid Utah team. Yeah, very solid Utah team and they took them down. Uh, obviously in the swamp, you know, they were at the home they had the home field advantage, obviously. Uh this was a very good game. Utah was driving late and uh they couldn't they couldn't come through uh to try to t- win the game there. And Florida's quarterback, like uh, I'm sure NFL scouts are looking at him uh, a lot. He had a, quite a few plays that were just like, uh, his name's Anthony Richardson, that you could just like put it on the highlight tape and, and you watch that play, you're like, who is this guy? Like, he, he looks really uh, he looks really awesome. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Anthony Richardson highlights uh, this season for sure. 
Yeah, he he looks like he's going to be a rising star. He'll he'll get on an NFL team. Um, I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah. Um, but let's oh. move on here. Oh, wait, you want one say, more game? Right? I was gonna say I forgot. No, no really analysis here because I didn't watch the game. But if you haven't seen the ending of the North Carolina Tar Heels and Appalachian State game, just go like put it in YouTube, find it on Sports Center. North Carolina Appalachian State. Go just watch the ending. It was insane. Very close game. Uh, highly recommend uh, you go check that out. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So Cottonwood playoff, Trevor. Um, they're expanding to twelve teams, uh, which is a, an interesting number for sure. Uh, they're gonna do it by twenty twenty six, but they're encouraging commissioners to implement it by twenty twenty four. So Trevor, your opinion is this the right decision? Twelve teams. Would you like to see more or less? Thoughts on this? Uh, th- this coming out. I mean, so for me, I mean, first of all, I think it's clear that again they're going to do whatever is in their financially, what is in their best interest, what's going to make them the most money, and this is going to make them more money, right? So I think that's the number one reason why they are doing it. Um, as far as my opinion on, do I like it? Honestly, like. I, I'm just, like, lukewarm on it. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it could be interesting. Like, watching those games will be fun, sure. But ultimately, this doesn't fix any problem. Like, the, the main problem in college football is that, like you kind of said earlier, like, we have a few teams that dominate. Like, two, three teams. Some some years, maybe it's two. Some years, maybe it's four. Some years, maybe it's one. This year, it seems like, I would say, I think I would agree with you, it's probably three, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State are probably pretty clearly, I think, the three best teams. And if that's the thing, like with recruiting, with uh, the NIL, which maybe could be pushing that further, um, that's kind of the issue here that in terms of college football, the competitiveness of it, like how can we fix that? So having 12 teams, that doesn't address it really because now instead of having the four teams where it's like, okay, one versus four might be a blowout, it might be – 49 to 10 right and the 2-3 game might be interesting um but now you're basically saying okay so let's get the 5 versus the 12 the 6 versus 11 and so on and like some of those games will probably be pretty interesting but it's not a big difference from what we had necessarily because they're still probably going to be played like they're going to still have them at neutral sites you know and all that stuff so like yeah here and there like a 5 seed will be a 4 seed or a 6 seed will be a 3 and then we'll have you know, different matchups with more teams with opportunities. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that necessarily changes a ton, I guess is what I'm saying, you know? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's good from the sentence it's giving more teams an opportunity, but some people might look at that as a bad thing. Like I, I saw that argument, like I was reading a lot of like comments on Twitter, people replying. And one of the arguments of why they don't like it is like, the whole thing about college football is every game means so much, and if you lose one game, that could be the end of your season. So people don't like that because now it's like, oh, well, now these regular season games don't mean as much. And I hear that argument, and I think it's a pretty fair one. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pretty just, like, lukewarm on this. What do you think, Brandon? I, I'm happy they expanded it, but I kind of feel this some of the same concerns. Like, it's, it's tough because college football, you know, every game matters but they don't have a formal playoff process. And then also there's so many teams that it's hard to formulate a formal playoff process. Like, I don't think this is like an easy thing. I feel people are like, this is easy. Just add this number of teams and we'd be all good. But it's it's just not that simple. Uh, you know, I, I feel like having like all the major conference winners in and then like an at-large team is like a good idea in theory. But, you know, some people would debate like, well, Alabama's just going to destroy them all. And then there's more potential those guys get hurt and stuff. And then the NFL. And I don't know. I think it's definitely more complex than just add more teams. I'm happy they expanded it, but is 12 the right number? I don't really know, Trevor. I, I think that is a, a tough, tough discussion and answer to be had. Um, so we'll have to see how this pans out. Uh, maybe they change it, maybe they don't. Maybe it gets implemented by 2024. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but we're all along for the ride, and it'll be quite, quite interesting. Um, anything else you'd like to talk about college wise before we move on to our main topic, the NFL today? No, I think uh, I think I said everything I wanted to say. Yeah. All right. Well, perfect. So let's move on to the NFL. And today, Trevor and I have prepared our power rankings one to thirty-two. I will link it uh, in the description so you guys can take a look. Um, if I remember, we'll see. I, I'm normally fifty-fifty on remembering things. So you'll remember. I, yeah. If you don't, if you don't for, remember, I'll remember. 
Yeah, yeah. So one of us will maybe remember. We'll have to see. Uh, there'll be a graphic up on the small baller's Twitter, so go follow us on Twitter so you can see that uh, with our average of our rankings. But Trevor and I did do a little 1-32, to 32, um, and we'll, we'll kind of break down you know different teams we had different places, why we have them there. Um, but Trevor, I'll, I'll let you start off here um, to you know take a look at our rankings and kind of where you want us to, to you know start this discussion. So I think the first place, I think we might as well just start at the top, right? And we agreed on the top. We both have the Bills at number one. And I think the Bills are, are just really solid. Again, they were, even though they lost in the divisional round, I still kind of think that they were pretty close to winning the Super Bowl last year. And I think their team got a little bit better, I, I would say. So I really like the Bills. Um, we, we mentioned that in our division uh, preview when we did the AFC East. By the way, if you have not heard any one of our divisional previews, and if you want to go look at, if you want to look at like a specific specific division, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a Browns fan. I want to go see AFC North. Oh, well, great news for you. We did that one last week. You can go check it out. Um, I would highly recommend those because we went more in depth. But with this, I, I again, I think the Bills are the best team. They would be my Super Bowl pick at the moment. Um, and I also, like, I think another part of this is like, I think Josh Allen's going to have a really good season. He would probably be my favorite for the MVP. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the Bills are a really solid team at number one. Um, and, and you agreed with me, Brandon. So I think that's really interesting. Where we had um, our first disagreement, I think, which we can kind of talk about here, is, like, um, I had the Chargers at number two. And I had the Chargers at number two because as far as on paper, looking at the talent – I think the Chargers are the most talented roster in the NFL, like top to bottom. You look at just every single unit, basically, there's not a ton of weaknesses there. Like, you know, quarterback, running back, offensive line, wide receiver, you go through the defense as well. The Chargers made uh, necessary improvements on their defense, um, obviously getting, you know, guys like, uh, you know, they just they, they made a ton of, like, good acquisitions there. And so I think the Chargers are – the. I mean, the second best team, in my opinion. And I think they'll probably win their division when we talked about uh, the previews. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see with the Chargers this year because of all their high expectations from the public at large. Um, but what do you think about, because you had, I, I guess, talk to me about, like, why you might think that, you know, another team is, you, you have the Rams at number two. So I guess talk to me a little bit about, like, the teams at top. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the Rams and look at their overall roster, and we talked about this again in the divisional preview, which you did a, a nice little plug for that. If, if you guys got a favorite team, go check that out because we went super in-depth. Everyone would enjoy those episodes. Um, but with the Rams, I mean, they just won, right? Like, we all remember that. And I think they got better. Um, now, there's other teams that got better, but I, I feel like I would do the Rams a disservice not putting them at two. Um, the Chargers, Bucks, Chiefs, Bengals, I think are all really great teams. I really like all of those teams a lot. And I think uh, really any one of them can kind of fill that like two through seven. Like They can all be ranked in various different orders. I also feel like there's a lot of expectations on different teams. You look at like the Chargers, Chiefs, and Bengals. Um, the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. That's a really big deal. How is that offense going to move around without him there? You look at the Chargers getting all these new players. That team is completely different. How are they going to gel? You look at the Bengals, historically losing the Super Bowl, it's very hard to repeat that success. So I think those teams have a lot of questions. If you look at the Bills, Rams, and like Bucks that I have, you know, uh, two, uh, what did I say, one, two, and four, uh, those teams I feel like are... 100% going to be consistent now whether they are one two and four is a different story but I have good faith that all four or all three of those teams are just for sure going to have success you know obviously barring injuries knock on wood we don't want any injuries um so I, I felt a little safer putting those teams higher um now in my divisional preview I talk about the Chargers where I think they have a very good shot to win the Super Bowl and they do and in our averages the Chargers are number two um and I think that's very reasonable to put the Chargers at two um but just from my opinion I had the Rams two um, I, I mean, they just won. They got better. So they're a number two for me. Yeah, and another interesting thing, when we averaged out our, rate, our uh, rankings, actually four of our top five teams are in the AFC. We have uh, just one through five. We have the Bills at number one, Chargers two, Rams three, Bengals four, and Chiefs number five. I think that's really interesting. You know, we already talked about how we think the AFC is going to be better in the NFC. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited for the AFC in general because – 
it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Again, like in the regular season, I have the Chargers higher higher uh, than the Bengals and Chiefs. But in the playoffs, I almost have more trust in both the Bengals and the Chiefs than I do the Chargers. So I think that's going to be uh, really interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, Brendan, if you're, I guess if you're like weighing like currently versus the playoffs, do you, I mean, I don't know, versus when you look at like the Chargers, the Bengals, and Chiefs, just like those three teams, which one of those three teams do you think is actually the biggest challenger to the Bills um, in the AFC? I mean, it would be the Chargers, for sure. The Chargers are probably the most talented team in the AFC. They have just talent everywhere. Offense, defense, special teams, doesn't even matter. Um, but if you talk about more the playoffs, I would lean a little more to the teams that have more experience. I mean, the Chiefs have a lot of big-time experience. Um, Herbert hasn't been to the playoffs, or maybe he's been his first year, I don't really remember. Um, but he wasn't there last year. And we've only seen uh, Burrow once in the playoffs. And it's not like Burrow had like the most amazing performances in the playoffs. Like he, he did he did well, but like it's not like he threw for four touchdowns, three hundred and fifty yards. So I'm interested to see how those performances hold up uh, in, you know, crunch time, like when there's a lot of pressure, a lot on the line. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh one of the things so I'm I'm looking through here and I'm trying to think like, okay, like where did we disagree? I think a lot of the top teams were pretty similar on. Um you know, overall, before the podcast, we were we were debating a little bit about Ravens Broncos. Um, we actually had them eight eight and nine, um, just flipped. I had the Ravens higher, you had the Broncos higher. Um, but I think overall, you know, we have them in the same vicinity. One of the teams that we talked about was the Cowboys because you thought I had the Cowboys too low. Uh, I had the Cowboys at fourteen. You have the Cowboys at eleven. So I guess what what do you think about the Cowboys this year? Um, you know, just in general. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of two things with the Cowboys. Number one, and I guess it's more of a negative, if you look at the Cowboys, they objectively got worse this past season. Um, they, they, you know, lost Amari Cooper, which is rough, uh, not so great. But let's not forget the Cowboys went plus 172 in point differential. They went 12-5 and five last year. They're in a bad division, and the NFC got worse. Um, and I think you're just grossly underrating the Cowboys. Even with the loss of Amari Cooper, I mean, they still have CeeDee Lamb, who's just amazing. Dalton Schultz has really brought it, uh, upon himself, been much better. We have an actually health, excuse me, healthy Ezekiel Elliott um, and Tony Pollard, who are wonderful. And, of course, Dak is still there. That offense is really good. If you look at the defense, the defense didn't change a whole heck of a ton. The defense still has a high caliber and a high ceiling. So, to me, the Cowboys, honestly are really, really, really solid. Arguably a top 10 team in the NFL. I put them at 11 because of that Amari Cooper loss. That's a person that Dak Prescott has relied on a ton. At 14, that's a gross underrating for a team that went 12-5 and last year. Um, I mean, you essentially think they're going to lose like two or three more games. Um, and, you know, you look at like the Cardinals. Like you have the Colts rated higher than the, Card- the Cowboys. Colts are in no way better than the Cowboys at all. Uh, I mean, the Colts last year were what? They were 9-8. and eight. They they won mm-hmm. three less games. And maybe they got marginally better with Matt Ryan. And they do have a talented team. I'm not saying they don't. Uh, but that's a lot of games to make up for a, uh, a marginal improvement at quarterback. So the Cowboys, to me, are a very, very good football team that, that I think have a ton of potential, uh, as they have for the last couple of years, as they've been really good. Yeah, that one was kind of a toss-up for me. I mean, I do think the Colts... Again, they play. I, mean, I guess both these teams, to some degree, playing. They both are kind of bad decisions, bad divisions. Uh, the AFC South is AFC South is particularly bad, um, and I think the Colts will definitely uh, be able to kind of clean up to some extent on this division. Um, in the past couple of years, the Titans have kind of had their number. I think that'll finally kind of reverse itself, and I do think the Colts will win the division. Um, again, I think Matt Ryan is an upgrade uh, over Carson Wentz, and they probably have the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor. Um, so I, I think, you know, all kind of solid things right there. And I think like just the organization, the coaching structure that they have over there in Indianapolis is very solid. So they're always at least decent. Um, this year, I think they're right around 10 wins and I think the Cowboys are similar, you know, right around 12, 10 wins. So I could have went either way on that one. Um, you know, I think it's interesting there. Um, I guess another team I want to talk about, and we were pretty in line with this team, but it's been a team that's been talked about. Uh, quite a lot um, in the offseason of how people are down on them. That's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, 
I have the Cardinals at 12, you have them at 13, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of people, like, as far as betting, like, betting the under on the Cardinals, you know, people are talking about, oh, the Cardinals are going to fall off, they don't trust Kingsbury, uh, you know, Kyler Murray obviously has had some injury history there uh, that's not great, so people are really down the Cardinals, and I'm not necessarily... I'm not like a person who's like, oh, the Cardinals are awesome. Like I'm twelfth, the twelfth ranking is by no means saying that. But I think the Cardinals have been, uh, just in terms of the discussion around them, has been really interesting. I still think they'll be a solid enough team. I think they'll be relatively similar to last year, honestly. Um, but I don't know. I, the Cardinals were just a team I wanted to talk about. Um, did you have any thoughts on the Cardinals, or you know, if not, like what, what team do you think we should uh, talk about? I, I don't know. The Cardinals are, are all right. They're, they're slightly above average in my book, you know, especially with Hopkins being out uh, for a little bit. They signed Marquise Brown, but they kind of traded him off for Christian Kirk. Um, the defense, to me, is, is kind of in the middle, um, and their offense is kind of really what shines. It, it seems like Kyler Murray, for the first 10 to 12 games, is really good and then tails off at the end of the season, whether that's an endurance thing or, I don't know, whatever idiot wants to tell me it's because of video games, that's stupid... But for whatever reason, he does tail off a little bit at the end. Um, I like the Cardinals. I'm not saying they're a bad team at all. Uh, I mean, we had them at 12 and 13 um, in our power rankings. I feel like those are both reasonable spots for them. I don't think that's that crazy. Um, but the Cardinals got to make a step forward. They got to you know step up a little bit, make a step forward, and, and really start to produce um, towards the end of the season and into playoff time for me to like really have a different opinion of them and be like, yes, this is an adamantly like top 10 team in the league. They started off, I mean, they were like 9-0 and or something last year. It's, it's amazing, but you got to finish the season strong going into the playoffs and, you know, have that momentum to play in the playoffs well. Um, so we'll have to see with the Cardinals. Um, let's see, what's another good team to talk about? One thing we kind of disagreed on here, I had the Browns at 16. You had the Browns at 20. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, what's, what, a, they're not even a top 20 team? Yeah, I had the Browns at number 20. And the Browns here, they're starting the year. Uh, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, obviously. So that's going to be the case for the next 11 games. Um, I think they have a relatively difficult schedule. If you look through, especially like the the first, you know, six to eight games of their schedule uh, with the Browns. And I think they're going to rely, again, kind of sort of like past years, they're going to have to rely a lot on the running game. And I do really, again, Nick Chubb's awesome. I, I love Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's really solid as well. Um, I think they're going to have to rely a lot, even more than usual, on those guys, um, you know, running the ball. Because, I, I mean, I thought Jacoby Brissett was terrible last year uh, in the limited action I saw him with Miami. So I don't, I think he's going to be pretty bad with the Browns. Um, and I think, again, they had like J.C. Treader from their offensive line left. So their offensive line was one of the best in the NFL last year. It'll Maybe it'll at least take like a minor step back. And then looking at the receivers, um, I'm not like super optimistic about that. And the defense is is decent. Um, you know, they brought in a couple new players um, on the defense. They do have, you know, again, the, the front sevens, particularly the defensive line, is really solid. But then you look at the linebackers and in, in the secondary, and that's where it's like a little, there are more questions there. So I think the Browns, when you kind of like go through their schedule, I start going through and I'm like, they're right around like seven or eight wins, and then I'm comparing them to the teams I had ahead of them. Like I have the Patriots, Vikings, Titans, Eagles. Like those are like four of the teams I had ahead of them, and you can go on. But like I just kept going through. I was like, oh, this. I think this team's better than the Browns, and it went all the way down, and they landed at twenty. I, I I'm interested by that. There's some teams ahead of them that I'm like I can't like you have the Dolphins ahead of them. You oh, have yeah. the Vikings ahead of them. Uh, I like even I, the I Patriots like ahead of them. I'm pretty sure, and the Colts. Uh, I just feel like the Browns are better than all those teams. Um, and I, I think the Browns have a lot of good to look at. I, I think that they could definitely surprise us. It's going to be interesting with Brissett in there for you know what is it, eleven games or whatever it might be. Um, but uh, they definitely might have a, a rough first half. But they they definitely have some upside. I think you're sleeping on them a little bit. Um, let's see, what's another team that we had a, a grand discussion about? Um, who do we... We talk about the Commanders a lot. <laughs> we did. Di- didn't we? Uh, we talked we about talked what was about it? It was like the Bears, Bears, Lions, and Commanders, right? Oh, yeah. We talk- or well, no, we, no, Seahawks. We were, we were debating Lions, Panthers at the end. And then we also talked about the Commanders, Seahawks, and Bears because we had yes. like tiebreakers. 
Yes, uh, and we ended up going with Seahawks, Commanders, Bears in that order. But you're you're very high on Washington. Apparently, you think they have a great defense, Trevor. Why don't you explain to the people about their <laughs> poorly ranked defense? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm really high on Washington. I have them, what, 25th? I have them yeah, 25th. No, you're a Commanders fan um, now. Brady's going there next year. That's where he wants to go, actually. <laughs> He yeah, wants definitely. to start making policy in Congress, so he's going to be in Congress. He's going to be playing for the commanders at the same time. It's it's going to be very patriotic, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the commanders, I have them at 25th. Again, uh, now they have Carson Wentz at quarterback uh, with their team. Again, like they have a couple talented players, like they, you know Terry McLaurin. They have a couple decent players on their defense. Uh, but overall, they, they underperformed their expectations last year on defense, um, and their offense was pretty bad last year. I think it's going to be uh, maybe worse this year, um, honestly. I, again, I think the Commanders are the worst team in the division, which uh, you actually had that reversed. But, um, you know, compared to some of these other teams, like we were talking about, what, the Bears and the Seahawks, who I also had very low. I mean, the Bears, it's unfortunate. I'm in the Chicagoland area. Uh, the Bears, it's going to be rough. Uh, the offensive line, uh, they didn't improve it, that's for sure. They didn't make any moves to try to improve it. Uh, just a lot of bad things going on with the Bears there. Um, and then you have a team like the Seahawks who really don't have a quarterback. I mean, it's lost Russell Wilson. Um, I don't feel great about their team um, either. And, you know, here we're talking about bad teams. Another team who really doesn't have a quarterback, the Atlanta Falcons, I think they're – uh, probably the worst team in the NFL. I have them ranked 32nd. Uh, Marcus Mariota at the moment seems like he will be their starter. We'll see if Desmond Ritter eventually gets in there. But the Falcons, I mean, they, they lost, in addition to losing Matt Ryan, they lose Russell Gage. He goes to Tampa. Uh, Calvin Ridley has the suspension. Um, and then you go down the line, just like the talent on their offense isn't very good. Uh, the defense, also not very good. Like just at, at every single position, there's it's hard to find something uh, that's good with the Atlanta Falcons in general, I would say. Yeah, I, I, not a lot of good things to say about the Falcons. Um, I, I, I had the Texans lower than the Falcons. I feel like there are some things the Falcons have. I mean, you look at Cordell Patterson, you look at Kyle Pitts, they just drafted Drake London, uh, Desmond Riddler, um, looks like he could be good. So I, I think there's 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 better people than you think, but they, they are not a strong team, mm-hmm. and they, in our group rating, are the last team. Um, so not not a ton of great stuff to say for them there uh, at all, uh, really. Any other teams you kind of want to talk about before we do a little uh, look into week one? Because crazy enough, Trevor, we're coming up on week one. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have I have a couple, I have two things, right? So I, w- I do want to talk about the Eagles because although we were pretty in line with the Eagles, I've heard a lot, I don't know if you heard this, Brandon, but I've heard a lot of rumblings out there of like people picking the Eagles to like win the NFC. Have, have you heard any of that? I think it's really. I, I haven't heard that, but I know there's a ton of people just love the Eagles this year. And honestly, I'm kind of one of those teams. I really like the Eagles. I, I think they're they're making a big jump, big big jump. Yeah, I mean, we have them. We basically both have a middle of the pack essentially. I have them 16. You have them a little higher at 14. Uh, but I I don't know. I I. They did get better, for sure. They got more talent on their roster. Um, but I thought their team getting to the playoffs, to me, kind of felt like a little bit of a miracle last year um, with the team they had. And once when they were in the playoffs, uh, playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they looked terrible. They probably should have lost that game by 30 points, and Tampa kind of let off the brakes uh, big time in that game. Um, and so when I when I watch Eagles, again, it's not like I'm watching every game. I'm not an Eagles fan. But I, I watched them a few times last year, and they never really impressed me um in any sense so we'll have to see with the eagles again they did get better um you know but we'll have to see the only other piece i I was trying to think about is like you know last year we had the cincinnati Bengals, who everyone thought was going to be terrible and they make the super bowl so i was trying to think and again it's not like that type of thing happens every year probably it's pretty rare but is there any team that you could see that like finished very badly last year that could make a big jump I mean, like, I'm looking at, like, like, a, like I'm looking at, like, the Jaguars. Obviously, I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But could Trevor Lawrence have, like, a, a good second-year jump here? And could the Jaguars be interesting? You know, could could the Jaguars win the AFC South? I don't think it's, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that they could win the division. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to be good in general. They would have to have, 
Um, the other three t- teams be terrible, maybe win the division with eight wins. But I don't know. Is there any like the Jaguars? Uh, at one time, I was thinking about the Giants, but then I looked more into it. It was like, actually, I don't feel that way. Is there any team that maybe was very bad last year that could take a big jump? No. I don't think anyone's going to do what the Bengals did. And let me explain why the Bengals did what they did. And the main thing is that Joe Burrow was hurt and came back. Uh, mm-hmm. But they also had a lot of other great string of, uh, I don't know if luck is the right word particularly, but good, good string of like, good additions. You know, Jamar Chase was an enormous addition. He's one of the best receivers in the league after simply one year of playing. Rookie, we didn't see in the year before. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, who's one of the big sack leaders, uh, they gave him a big contract. So there were players that they brought in and that they signed, that they drafted, etc., that made a huge deal uh, and came back. We don't have a team like that this year. Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, there will not be a team quite like the Bengals. Because if Burrow was healthy... The first year, the Bengals would have been way better. I mean, they probably wouldn't have won 10 games necessarily, but they would have won probably three, four, five more games than they won that season. Uh, so, yeah, no team's going to be quite like the Bengals, I think, this year at all. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to think about, like, we already, because it's never, like, it's never status quo. We never have, you know, you have the 14 teams in the playoffs. It's going to change. Like, there's going to be some unexpected team that comes in, Obviously, I agree. There's going to be no team that jumps from whatever the Bengals were, five wins or whatever they were the year before, six wins to Super Bowl. But maybe there's a team that can go from six wins to playoffs, you know, or something like that. So that's the type of thing that I was trying to think about. Um, even like like the Minnesota Vikings, they won, I don't know, seven or eight games last year. Could the Minnesota Vikings win the division? Could they beat the Packers out? I don't think it's like a, a wild take. I wouldn't. I that's not my take. I I'm not saying I think that, but I think the Vikings are one of those teams with the talent they have. It's possible that the Vikings could win the division, um, or at least you know be in the wild card round. Yeah, I I definitely think it's 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 possible. I mean, hey, it's the NFL. Anything's possible. We could see a Falcons, you know, seven or sixteen or seventeen or no season. What do you think about that? Uh, n- never, never in a million years. <laughs> All right, well, why don't why don't we get over to this season here a little bit uh, and talk about week one, Trevor? I I'm this is like just the most excited I've been like all year. I mean, the NFL starting is like it's like uh, every major holiday wrapped into one. And next Thursday, Trevor, we have such a good game to kick it off. Bills Rams. What do you think about this game? Yeah, so, I mean, this is, like, one of the games, like, if you just look at the NFL schedule in general, this is, like, one of the most uh, anticipated games for me on the entire schedule because I think these are two of the best teams. And, honestly, if I was to make a Super Bowl preview right now, I might say Bills-Rams. Like, I, I don't know. I think those are two very good teams. So, I'm excited for this one. Um, the Rams are the home team, however— um, over the last couple of years, home field advantage has really uh, decreased in how much it's actually an advantage. I think I was looking at uh, Warren Sharp. He released this like gigantic book of knowledge, like 564 pages. And I believe last year that home teams um, won 52% of the time. Like, so it's like almost 50%. Like, it's very close. I think it was 52% uh, home teams won. So home field advantage has really decreased here. And, um, it is interesting because you look here, the Rams are the home team. However, the Bills are favored. They're favored by two and a half. Um, I probably would lean toward the Bills in this game. I think they're the better team. Um, and I would pick them if you're making me pick. Um, so that game is going to be really fun. And there's a ton of other games. I mean, you just go down the line. Like, the way the NFL set up this week one, I'm just very impressed. I mean, you have the Browns and Panthers. Baker coming back to play uh, the Browns. You got, you know, some good divisional games in there, like Steelers-Bengals, that should be a good one. Patriots-Dolphins, that'll be a really good one as well. The Monday night game, Broncos-Seahawks, Russell Wilson uh, going to play the Seahawks. And then Sunday night game is Buccaneers-Cowboys. I didn't even mention some of these Sunday afternoon games. Chiefs-Cardinals, Raiders-Chargers, Packers-Vikings. I mean, it's just it's just awesome, Brandon. Yeah, I, I look, the start of the NFL season is great, just like I said. The Bills-Rams game, though, I'm so excited. This is such a good game to start off the season. Uh, we have, in my opinion, the two best teams, two of the better teams at least, in the NFL. Um, and it's just going to be a, a wonderful game. So the game is in L.A. Do you have a prediction for this game? Yeah, so um, you want like a, you want like a, 
a team and like the margin. Give me a score. Give me a little scoreboard. A score, okay. Yeah. A score. Um, so I'll say, I'll say the Bills win this by, I'll say four points. I'll go, hmm, how high scoring do I want to go on this? I'm going to go, I'll say 28 to 24 Bills. That's what I'll say. I, li- I like that score. I will go, I'm going to go 24-17 Rams. Uh, okay. just to be a little bit different. Uh, I think the Rams will take this one at home. Uh, but it's minus two and a half to the Bills, so we'll have to see. Oh, let's see. We got a ton of other good games. We have Steelers Bengals right at the start. Uh, Bengals starting off at home. Uh, minus six and a half favorites. That's a big game. Uh, even though I know some people aren't as, I'm way higher on the Steelers than most people are, apparently. Um, we got Ravens Jets, a game I will be at, Trevor. I will be in New York for that game. Very excited for that one. It's really not that interesting a game, but I more so just wanted to mention it's happening. Um, let's see. We got Chiefs-Cardinals, Trevor. This is a good one. What do you think about Chiefs-Cardinals? That's going to be a really good game as well. I mean, just seeing, again, Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes are both very fun to watch. They're two of the, you know, it's like you're ranking players. Who is the number one player that I, I like watching the most? Patrick Mahomes might be number one. Uh, Kyler Murray's up there as well. He's probably top five or top six, so... That should be a very fun game. Uh, I, I would lean toward the Chiefs in this one. I think they're the better team. Um, but yeah, that's a really fun game. And then obviously, Bucks Cowboys obviously is going to be one I'm going to tune into. And it's going to be very interesting there. Um, hopefully, you know, they're playing in Dallas. Hopefully, the Bucks can get that. Hopefully, Brady can play well. He's 45 years old. You know, we'll see um, if he can continue to play. Uh, at the same level and sustain the same level of greatness. I, I, I will say um, I'm a little worried about the Bucks because I don't love their offensive line this year. I had them seventh in the power rankings. You had them higher than I did. Um, but, you know, we'll see um, how that game goes. Uh, and then Patriots-Dolphins, again, this is going to be – the Dolphins are always pretty tough for the Patriots, and they, they often play in week one. Uh, we'll have to see. I think that's going to be a surprisingly – important game for the division divisional race i would say so that'll be an interesting as well uh yeah but uh any, any other games you wanted to talk about um or mention brandon um one other one i think we should mention is raiders and chargers i'm this nfc or afc west is so interesting this year all the teams i think are really solid um like i don't think we have a bad team in the afc west and not all of them are going to make the playoffs so it's going to be a battle in that division. And, of course, we have a great matchup at the start with the Raiders and Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are definitely the better team. They're at home. They're probably going to win. Uh, but I'm interested to see how the Raiders do. There's this new-look offense uh, with Devontae Adams there. It's going to be super interesting to see. We see a ton of new faces for the Chargers like Khalil Mack. Uh, so I'm just ecstatic for this game and, of course, for the start of the NFL season. Anything else you'd like to mention before we kind of wrap up the pod for today? No, I'm just I'm just very excited for the NFL season to start. Uh, can't wait. For sure, and it's going to be very, very exciting. We'll be here to recap every single week, talk about tons of different things NFL-wise. So, of course, come back next Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern uh, when we release a new episode. Um, but thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. We really, really appreciate it, of course. Uh, we have a lot of podcasts going on right now. We have the AA team, which comes out Tuesdays at 7.30 a.m., uh, for your commute to work, school, wherever you guys are going, um, with Aaron and Avery, they'll recap probably a ton of things that happened this past week. A lot of big sports things, of course, but uh, a lot of pop culture things happened as well. Um, of course, we'll be back next Friday at 7.30 a.m. Um, with the uh, 5 Seconds of Fame podcast recapping Big Brother. We only have three or four weeks left, Trevor. I think three weeks. We end the 25th or something, 24th. Um, so if you haven't been watching Big Brother, you're just not doing it right. you got to tune in. The show is amazing. Um, get ready for that. And like I said, we'll be back next Sunday with this podcast. Um, of course, follow us on Twitter at the small ball so you can stay up to date with everything. Um, all small ballers content. Uh, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.